It's New Year's Day here on the border And it's always been this way I never do the things I order I think I'll stay, it's New Year's Day Of course it had to be Charlie Robinson, New Year's Day Kicking things off for us on SCI's Lone Star Outdoor Show Cable Smith wishing you and yours a happy new year and a wonderful holiday season. Thank you so much for dropping by today. This is episode 560. Wow. Uh, been at it a long time and uh, still having as much fun as I did on day one. And I don't plan on slowing down anytime soon. Speaking of slowing down, a lot of uh, hunting seasons have already wrapped up, especially for the Western folks. Um, Maybe you've still got a late season tag here in the Lone Star State. Our deer season doesn't end until essentially the end of January. And duck season, same boat. It's the latest ending to a duck season we've ever had. Of course, we started later than usual. But I'm all for it, especially considering man, we haven't had a cold front worth a damn since like October. And so we shot limits opening day. Each subsequent duck hunt since then has been filled with empty straps. I mean, four birds here, three there, two, a couple ones, and a, a goose egg in there. So hopefully we'll get some cold weather because, and, and I've heard the same thing from a lot of folks, not just in Texas, but uh, Louisiana, even Arkansas, Missouri. Uh, this has been one of the worst duck seasons we've ever seen. So we've still got a month left, and if you're listening, Lord, send us a cold front, please. A good one where uh, things freeze up for a few days. That would be awesome. Uh, anyway, we've got a great show lined up for you today. So you know what to do. Pull up that stool a little closer to the old campfire. Pour yourself another cup of coffee out of that beat-up old Stanley Thermos, the one granddaddy passed down years ago. It's probably still got mud caked on it from duck seasons come and gone because we're ready to rock and roll. And we're going to spend the entire show visiting with our good friend, Kevin Harlander of First Light. Um, we've hunted the same place in Nebraska now. I actually spent all of last week in a region of the country that, to be frank, I'd only heard about, really couldn't visualize until I experienced it for myself. Uh, but I spent the last week hunting Nebraska's Sandhill region, and I would describe it as desolately gorgeous or beautiful, truly unique, no doubt. And the whitetail hunting was amazing. It was a muzzleloader hunt. And actually my tag was good for whitetail or mule deer. I never saw a, a mule deer buck that piqued my interest, but man, the whitetails were just incredible. And the number of them, I mean, you could look in any direction and, and you might see a hundred different deer. It, it was incredible. And also, uh, the hunt turned out to be quite humorous. So, uh, you know, I've never been one to shy away from self-deprecation. And <laughs> the way this thing played out uh, certainly just makes me, I don't know whether to be sick about it or just laugh because it's so ridiculous. Uh, but we'll get into all of that, plus talk about some of the latest gear and a brand new camo pattern uh, from First Light. Uh, and then... Maybe even talk a little bird dogs. I think Kevin is on deck to get his first bird dog. Uh, what breed did he choose and why? I find that always to be fascinating conversation. 
Uh, so lots of good stuff coming up with Kevin today. Let's do a quick giveaway. Um, how about a Havilon Peranta skinning knife? We'll do that today. Uh, just email the word Havilon to Lone Star Outdoor Show at gmail.com and we will get you entered into today's giveaway. Best skinning knife out there, by the way. Um, let's knock out a break. Up next, we'll run the gambit with our old buddy Kevin Harlander of First Life on SCI's Lone Star Outdoor Show. Let me see you smile As we both know it's been too long Forget who's right or who is wrong Cable here reminding you to check out the Polestar Helion 2.0 Thermal Monocular if you haven't already. It's got all the great features that you've come to expect from Pulsar. Internal recording, varied color palette, and it's an essential tool for scouting so that you don't blow animals out of your sets. I use it on all my whitetail hunts and, of course, predator and hog hunting as well. You can find the Helion 2.0 at PulsarNV.com. And get this, you'll save 20% off when you use my promo code LONESTAR underscore PL when you purchase any Pulsar, Thermal, or Night Vision monocular. Little by some joke and her daddy crooked The sad face took and her long pipe smoke She drank her soup to sleep most every night She had coasts to ride through stairs to buy Dear maiden fish and supposed to fry But inside she cried somehow Here's our very own Reckless Kelly bringing us back on SCI's Lone Star Outdoor Show. Powered by Lone Star Beer. Cable Smith here with you as always. Thanks for dropping by today. I certainly appreciate it. Happy New Year's to you and yours. Hope you had a Merry Christmas as well. We're about to head to a beautifully desolate part of the lower 48, the Sand Hills of Nebraska, and we'll recap my hunting experience with running water hunting there uh the bud family and jordan bud part of the first light go wild sweepstakes that we put on last year and uh, one of you guys actually got to go with me on that hunt the grand prize winner uh, tony Ballou, met me there in nebraska um but we're going to visit with kevin harlander our friend over at first light because he's hunted with Jordan at running water hunting uh, multiple times. And so really has spent a lot of time in that region, exploring that landscape. And so uh, thrilled to have Kevin jump on and we'll talk about some new gear as well. But before we do that, this segment brought to you by the stealth cam fusion, the latest in cell camera technology from our friends over at stealth cam, uh, most affordable cell camera on the market. I think you can pick one up for $160, something like that. The data plans are affordable as well, as low as $5 a month. I've got seven or eight of these things deployed on my dear lease. And the cool thing is, is all year round lets me know not only when deer are showing up during the season, but man, it's bad news for hogs because I can pattern those suckers and pretty much get into them whenever I make it out there. I've got an idea of when they're going to show up at a certain spot. So 
Check it out. It's the Fusion from Stealth Cam. You can find it at StealthCam.com. Uh, all right. Well, let's go ahead and bring him on right now, making his return to the broadcast. It's my pleasure to welcome First Lights, Kevin Hartlander. Hey, thanks, man. Appreciate that. Merry Christmas to you and your family as well. Yep, yep. Um, I would say the highlight of our Christmas, I gave Henry a, uh, a 410 shotgun. So we'll see. Nice. we'll see where that goes. But I'm thinking maybe let him go dub hunting next September. Oh, yeah. He's into it that way. How old is he now? He is – well, he, he turns eight on New Year's. So Perfect. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, that'll be great. That's a great gift. And I think uh, the best thing about getting shotguns when you're a little kid is you just – you start to form good habits, you know, especially if you have a good coach like yourself. He'll be <laughs> – he'll be uh, – do they have like tra- – do they have like trap leagues and, and shotgun teams in high schools in Texas? They do, yeah. They have they have, definitely have shotgun teams. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah, we didn't have that growing up. So I, um, I, I think uh, it's making a comeback though, seemingly around the country, which is cool. And that's a great way for kids to sort of like learn good marksmanship. I think, and and um, obviously, like translation to the field is just absolutely inc- incredible. And you can shoot fifty rounds of clays a day or whatever, you know. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. Well, you know, he shot his first white-tailed doe right after Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's been on cloud nine ever since then. So That's awesome. How, how'd it go? I, I saw some stuff on, on social, but I, yeah. I haven't heard actually how it went from your perspective. Well, it, it rained all weekend, and but not like a real heavy rain. And so the deer actually were just like moving around pretty much all constantly. Nice. Um, and yeah, he shot a shot a nice size doe right behind the shoulder, dropped her. Um, it was pretty awesome. I was very proud of him. Yeah, I bet. That's got to be just like everything you hope for, right? You you hope you want it, to, it works out well, and you hope everything goes good, and then it does, and it's like, man, it's got to be a little bit of relief, and then also just a just like a lifelong opening right there, man. Yeah. That's that's pretty special. Re- that word relief is is a good description because you're like, what if he wounds it, and then this leaves a bad taste in his mouth, and he doesn't yeah. want to do it again, and yeah. So I think getting the first one down cleanly is, uh, I mean, it doesn't happen for every kid, obviously. Um, oh no. Yeah. Well, yeah. That's right. And it doesn't happen for every adult either. You know? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, that is for sure. Yeah. And then, and then, uh, he was like, dad, I want to wear your first light rain jacket in the picture. And he's nice. looking like a drowned rat, but, it, yeah. <laughs> but we got to get like some kids, like maybe just a, like a t-shirt or some pants or something. Uh, I'll see what I can do. I'll, I'll try to, I'll put in the request. <laughs> All right. Um, so where, where are you spending the holidays, Minnesota, Oregon, or Idaho? Yeah, we're going to be in Minnesota. We're going to drive back. I'm actually getting a, uh, my first bird dog from a, a friend of mine in, in, um, kind of Eastern central Iowa. So we're going to go home and see my folks for the holiday. Um, and then, uh, and then drive down to Iowa and get that dog and then, and then drive back. So I'm pretty excited, man. It's uh, pretty, it's just like, a, it's a good time of year. Obviously we're, we're all very uh, thankful to be healthy and um, we've been sort of quarant- quarantining here for a while before we travel and, um, and then we're going to head over and, and hopefully do a bunch of ice fishing and, and uh, sort of the classic Minnesota winter and, and then, uh, and then we'll be back for uh, the, the sort of the wrap up of bird season here in, in Idaho. And, um, you know, we get, we get to hunt ducks all the way till like the end of January and, and pheasants and, and chuck or and quail and everything too. But 
um, it's, uh, it's just a good time to be here. You know, we, we've been on the road for so dang long, uh, hunting and filming and, and, um, trying out new gear, testing new gear. It's kind of nice to just kind of take a couple, couple days off. We're going to, we're going to be off for, I think 10 days is what, what the break is this year. So well, well deserved. And and, uh, our whole team is just like pretty stoked to have a couple days off. Well, so what kind of bird dog are you getting? Um, it's a Llewellyn setter. So, um, they, they come from the English setter line and they're just a little smaller and stockier. Mm -hmm. Um, not as long in the leg. Um, and this, I'm getting a girl and she'll be orange and white. Um, yeah, I just, they're just beautiful dogs and they're really affectionate too. And, um, they, they really, uh, from everything I've been reading about and I've hunted over them quite a bit, they just, they hunt, um, in a, in a style that I really enjoy where it's these big loops, right? So they do like basically 50 to 200 yard loops. Mm. Um, and obviously they're pointing dogs. So they're, they're notorious for, uh, for holding long points and, and being steady dogs and, and great family dogs. So I'm just really looking forward to it. This will be our first dog that we've gotten together. You know, we both, Silly and I both grew up with dogs and, mm-hmm. um, and now we'll be, uh, starting a little line of our own, hopefully here. Right. Yeah. That's how I got into this whole mess. Um, I got a lab with a girl in college and she left mm-hmm. and he stayed and next thing yeah. I, know, I, was, I was duck hunting and, and, and then here we are. Oh God. So 17, 18 years later, uh, never looked back, but, uh, yeah, Lou Ellen setter. That's cool. You, you know, some of those bird dog breeds are not good pets. They're, no. they're just working no. dogs and that's all they want right. to do. You can't like put them inside and say, Hey, go play with the kids. Uh, yeah, exactly. And that's, uh, that's really what we're after too. You know, we've, I've hunted over GSPs and, um, English pointers and French pointers and things like that. And they're great dogs in the field, but I think it takes a lot of, a lot of work to, to make those dogs, um, you know, friendly inside dogs, not that they're not, they don't have it in them. It just takes a lot more work oh, where, yeah. where these Llewellyn's man will just curl up at your feet. Um, and they just want to be a part of the family. And, and we always say like all, all my buddies and all the guys we work with all bird dogs and, you know, 85 to 90% of the time they're, they're a pet, you know, and the, yeah. the rest of the time they're working. So I just, yeah. I think you got to be pretty, uh, pretty cautious about what you pick because, Sometimes, uh, uh, you know, I, I can't imagine having a <laughs> nine month old, uh, German short hair, uh, in the house. It'd be, it'd be a little bit problematic, I think. So, Oh dude, try a nine year old one. My sister yeah. has one and Max, is oh, a, he's a great dog. And, yeah. and when she first got him, we, we took him hunting a little bit, Yeah, but dude, he just paces around the house nonstop. Like he's not like unfriendly. He just is like, he wants to be doing something else. And he's like, always yeah. looking outside just like he's not yeah uh, exactly and there's like that switch they talk about that switch pretty often right where that the, the cool thing about both labs and, and Llewellyn's too is there is sort of a switch right they mm-hmm. they're on when they're on and they're off when they're off and that's something I'm really looking forward to just being able to have a buddy you know somebody I can should, I'll be able to bring her to work and she can lay at my feet and, and do the thing so mm-hmm. should be pretty sweet yeah yep Bell our lab is I guarantee you laying by the fireplace with the kids all hanging all over right now as we speak yeah but you go oh, pick up a shotgun awesome. and she's like okay where's my shot yeah let's go yes yeah, time to go right yeah. that's pretty cool yeah. that's pretty cool so oh, i like um, that yeah yeah and you're lou ellen's gonna be a great breed for you guys and i'm, I'm envious of all the the upland opportunity y'all have we don't really have we'll have to get you up here man maybe next uh next duck season and then um 
we actually, you know, the pheasant hunting isn't that great, but I, I'd like to, I'm going to spend some time in, um, in the Dakotas next fall with my dad and, um, getting this, this pup trained up for after pheasants. That's one of my favorite things to do, man. It's just hunting wild, hunting wild pheasants is just, I don't know. It's just, it feels right. You know? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, well, we've got to get into the, the first light to go wild sweepstakes hunt. That yeah. We gave away last year and, um, we had a, a guy, Tony, uh, blue one. He's from, I think the, uh, North Texas area. So mm-hmm. he joined me in Nebraska last week. We were hunting with uh, Jordan Bud. I mm-hmm. think um, it's running water hunting. Yeah, this was a part of the world that I didn't know existed. I mean, I'd heard of the Nebraska Sandhills, but what does that mean to someone who's never been there? Right? It just right. You can't you can't fathom the the terrain and the wildlife that exists there. Um, it's like this, and and how sparsely populated that area is. Uh, George's mm-hmm. dad, his name's Kurt. He's like one of those dudes that reminds me of my grandfather. That when he talks, people just listen to him and absorb everything Absolutely. he's saying. And uh, yeah, he's he definitely that, seen some things. You know oh what I mean? Gosh, yeah, yeah. And but he said that it, it is like one of the most uh, sparsely populated areas in the lower forty-eight. Mm-hmm. Right. Which I think it's great. <laughs> yeah, it's it's phenomenal. Once you step foot on that place, you know you can uh, anything can happen there. First of all, on the hunting side, but also you know, it's just like a, you can just kind of like feel the hard work oozing out of the ground. I mean, it's just, it's not an easy place to live. You know, they get hot summers and cold winters and it's a hard place to raise a cow and they just done it, man. It's really cool to see. Yeah. And so they have about 7,000 acres that, um, her grandfather bought in, I think they said like 1939. Yeah. Added onto it a little bit here and there. Um, but yeah, that the, the ranchers, that's what they are. And, yep. Um, I actually flew into uh, Rapid City, South Dakota, rented a car and drove two hours there. Nice. So I got to see the Badlands. That was something cool in that part of the world that I, I didn't even, I was just like driving by. I'm like, oh, you're entering Badlands National Park. It wasn't like a yeah. deal. I was like, holy moly. I've, I've nice. heard of this place and uh, to see it was, was pretty awesome. And then you keep driving and there's a sign that says, you're approaching a historical marker. I don't know if you ever read the book, Bury My Heart at Wounded Knee. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm looking over, and there's the sign that says, this is the Wounded Knee Massacre site. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, so much history in that area. Um, but you get there, and they've got an old, an old deer camp house um, that is decorated in hunting paraphernalia from days gone by. It really gives you the, I think, a homey sense of what a deer camp should be. Wood yeah. stoves, dude. I mean. Yeah, like, that's, that's exactly the, the feeling you get there is when you walk in the door there, it's just the sense of, of a place that a lot of people have come through and, and there's been a lot of good stories told. Oh, there's no doubt. And there were some good ones, but uh, rather unfortunate tales told as we recap the events of our day <laughs> each evening. By the wood burning stove, bourbon in hand, uh, but truly a nostalgic place. And we'll get into the actual hunting, the terrain, the wildlife that uh, inhabits those hills, and the gear that we used after the break. That segment was brought to you by SCI, first for hunters. If you're not a member, I encourage you to take advantage of the 
winter membership event. You can become a member for a year for 50 bucks, three years for 125 or a life member for 12 50 which I think normally is like $1,500. So a great opportunity to support the greatest conservation organization on the planet, SCI, First for Hunters. We'll be right back with more from First Lights, Kevin Harlan. Among the Texas Premium Power Sports is one of the largest pre-owned dealers in Texas. They specialize in sales of pre-owned ATVs and UTVs, many of which come fully accessorized. They also have a full service and repair center for most major brands and offer financing with a 500 credit score or better. They'll even finance parts and accessories such as high racks, roofs, and wheel and tire combos. Visit TexasPremiumPowerSports.com or check them out on Instagram at Texas underscore premium underscore power sports. That's TexasPremiumPowerSports.com. With city life seemingly getting crazier by the minute, the thought of moving out to the country is looking more appealing than ever. And Foster Farm and Ranch has been recognized as one of the nation's top ranch brokerages the past two years. They have listings in 22 counties and counting and are truly a statewide entity. Foster represents buyers and sellers from all walks of life. Farmers, ranchers, hunters, doctors, lawyers, investors, and possibly you. You can find them on Facebook, Foster Farm and Ranch, or Instagram, at Foster Ranch Sales. Of course, fosterfarmandranch.com, the website, or call Chad at 830-776-3605. Hemingway's Whiskey, warm and smooth and mean, even when it burns. It'll always finish clean He did not like it watered down He took it straight up and neat It was bad enough for him You know it's bad enough Hemingway's Whiskey, one of my favorites from Guy Clark Bringing us back on SCI's Lone Star Outdoor Show Cable Smith riding shotgun with you as always Thanks for being here We're still visiting with uh, First Lights Community Manager Kevin Harlander Our good friend and we're about to dive back into our recent uh, muzzleloader hunt in the Sand Hills of Nebraska with outfitter Jordan Bud. But before we do that, this segment brought to you by Lone Star Ag Credit. Land's the one thing they're not making anymore, but we all want it, whether that's for ranching, like the Bud family, uh, recreating, hunting, fishing, or just to get the hell out of the big city. Lone Star Ag Credit has been at this for over 100 years. So if you're ready to make this dream your reality, head over to LoneStarAdCredit.com. Uh, Kevin, thanks for sticking around. Let's go ahead and talk about the terrain of those Nebraska sand hills. It's a place I've described as desolately beautiful, um, like nothing I've ever seen before, to be frank, and certainly not what I was expecting in a good way. It is such a different place. You get you know, these tall sort of it's almost like a big plateau and then all of a sudden you know you look to your left and there's this gorgeous river bottom you know um which is something that not a lot of people you can't actually tell that there's a river there if you're just driving by because of the the way the country lays out Mm -hmm. um but it's it's just got this sense of like there's got to be big deer in here you know Um, absolutely Absolutely. that's certainly the case that's certainly the case and they've got mule deer and whitetail some of the other um and, and interestingly enough, your tag is good for either. So 
you buy the late season muzzleloader tag and, and you could take one mule deer or one whitetail buck. Mm-hmm. It's pretty cool. Dude, one of the things that I didn't, I mean, I thought we'd see some pronghorn, which I did driving in. Um, I did not know they had elk in Nebraska. Oh yeah. I didn't, I did not know that. And I'm, we're, we're sitting there the first morning and, and this 340 inch bull just walks into these sandhills. Yeah. I'm like Jordan, what's up with that? And how do you get a tag? <laughs> yeah. And it is a hard deal to try to get a tag. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think we saw elk like three days, found a shed, um, which you know how I feel about shed hunting, but the photographer, oh, yeah. Jonah, he was more than happy to run over there and pick it up. Uh, and what else did we see? So obviously mule deer, whitetail, saw a pheasant. Um, they have a sharp tail grouse up there. Lots of those. Yeah. They look like uh, a turkey flying through the sky. Yeah. And then tons of turkey as well. I'm trying to think yep. if I saw anything else. Uh, coyotes, clearly. Plenty of coyotes. Uh, <laughs> but So very, very diverse uh, wildlife in that corner of Nebraska. And, you know, like I said, you don't, you know, Nebraska cornhuskers, right? I mean, for, right. for someone who's never been there, I'm just thinking, oh, there's just acres and acres of flat corn. This place is full of elevation change, rolling hills, and uh, just stunning in every aspect. Um, what, what, when were you actually there this fall? Cause you hunted there before I did. Yeah. So, um, in 2019, I hunted there in no, like the, basically like right as the route was getting going, like probably the first week of November this year, uh-huh. I was there, um, just before Halloween, I think it was. Hmm. So last weekend in October, I think, let me look at my calendar here. Cause I, I'm, and you're archery I'm, hunting. Yep. Yep. Archery hunting from the tree. Um, we just make sure we got the days right. Cause I think that's important to important to know. Um, because the, the, the place changes, you know, as you, as you sort of work through, um, as you sort of work through the, the season. Right. Sure. Um, so I'm actually, I was actually there the 19th to the 23rd. So the week before Halloween, okay. um, and it, it, it was usually cold that week. Oh man, it was freezing. We, we ended up the last of so the last day, um last morning we uh we probably got i don't know half a foot of snow the night the night previously um so that last sit we were sitting in the snow and there's a a couple nights there where it was really cold and windy um sort of unseasonably for for that part of the year but um you know i was still seeing 10 12 deer sit a couple sits were lackluster but Mm -hmm. the majority of the sits you know you're seeing a lot of deer um and the way this place lays out at least during the archery season is you've got these, um, these really interesting river corridors with, with agriculture country all around it. So mm-hmm. the deer are, are coming back and using these river corridors and, and river bottoms to both bed and, and move. Um, so like obviously during the rut, that's, that's a, a great place to be able to shoot a buck because they're just cruising for does. And, you know, this pre-rut situation that we were in in, in October, uh, lend itself more to, to early morning and, and sort of late evening movement as, as bucks were leaving the timber to go back out and to feed and then coming back to the timber um, to bed early morning. But had some great sits, you know, you're seeing all kinds of crazy critters. It's like we, we had turkeys walk under our tree, coyotes, skunks, um, bunch of deer, mule deer and whitetail. It's just, it's just really crazy how this like little section of the world um, produces that much game. Just really interesting. But so I was there last week and it was, I mean, it was cold, dude. Like 
13 degrees in the morning and, and the wind is whipping uh 30 miles an hour sometimes wow and so it's uh yeah it was pretty chilly i've i've hunted illinois and not been near as cold you know yeah um, and and obviously i've got the best gear in the world on um but sometimes right. your hands like if you're gonna function with your binos you've got to take those big grizzly mitts off and mm -hmm. to, you know to adjust your focus or whatever dude like 30 seconds exposed and your hands just like you yeah it feels like it. it's gonna fall off yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah mm -hmm. it was uh it was a little chilly uh yeah a lot of that a lot of that cold there too is different too because it, it seemingly they get a little higher humidity than some parts of the um west that we're used to um and that's kind of bone chilling you know especially when you're sitting still and then you're exposed pretty uh pretty heavily up on top of some of those ridges and, and those hills where that wind just rips through it's a it's a kind of a brutal it can be a brutal time but um it's also pretty rewarding basically glassing these deer as they're coming in and out of the corn in the morning and evenings trying to find a big buck and then figure out a plan to use the elevation change or river bottom to intercept him yeah i mean god bless her jordan did her part put me on some nice deer um the first day of the hunt however the sling on my muzzleloader the pin came out and it, it broke fell to the ground fell off my shoulder backwards smashed into the ground uh, so we shot it again later that day just to make sure it was still good and didn't seem to be affected much, but that would come to haunt me later on as I'm pulling the trigger on a 140 inch eight point and I'm prone. I mean, she put him in our lap and I clean missed him with all the time in the world. I was just dumbfounded. Couldn't believe it. So we go back to camp after that and I shoot the gun and it's a foot to the right and six inches low. So right under that front shoulder. Oh, oh dang it. Oh, it gets worse, Kevin. I mean, so that was heartbreaking, right? You go through, put in all the work, the travel, the, the investment, all that stuff, and, and then to not capitalize on that just, yeah, it sucked. But on the last night of the hunt, we're trying to steal victory from the jaws of defeat. Yeah. He wasn't as nice as that as at a point, but respectable buck nonetheless, and he's chasing a doe. There, that was another thing, dude. They're still rutting um yeah that's really interesting because that's really late yeah but every everywhere we looked i mean bucks are running running does so huh. all week long and jordan said she thought their rut was a week late this year but still she said it's not a un, unheard of for for them yeah but i thought it was interesting so anyway he's he's pushing this dough and we're set up come we we move and get set up on the uh basically the edge of of a huge draw and are shooting back into the field and there's a barbed wire fence between me and the deer i could see him see he's a nice respectful eight point and mm -hmm. uh the my cameraman jonah uh, can't say enough nice things about him he's he's come he's glassing and he's like he's about to come out of his draw and he's i don't know maybe 90 100 yards away and he's oh wow yeah he's on the other side of the fence and it's getting right to last shooting light. I get on him, put it right on his, uh, and, and we had messed with the gun and made sure it was good again. Actually switched bullets to the, these barns, uh, 250 grain bullets that, uh, Jordan had, and they seemed to shoot a lot more consistently than the ones I was shooting. Uh, right. So anyway, I'm shooting her bullets now, put it right on his front shoulder, pull the trigger and immediately see sparks flying. And I look at Jonah oh man, said, so it hit that barbed wire. Yeah, I said, did you see that? He goes, yeah, dude, it hit the fence. Oh no, kidding! 
And so that's just, you know, it was par for the course for the hunt. For yeah. Me. You know, uh, not that the experience in the country and the deer in the hunting was amazing. It was just a very humbling deal for me personally to have those opportunities and not capitalize on them. Yeah, exactly. And, and I think like that's sort of the saving grace of all that, right? Is like, even though it maybe didn't end up like a perfect situation, you got good people, you got good country, you got a warm fire. That's helpful. <laughs> it makes it, makes it a- able to stomach that kind of stuff that just goes wrong um, just a little bit better. Yeah. That's disappointing though, man. That's how it goes though. Sometimes um, I've had multiple experiences like that this year where it just just doesn't add up, you know, for whatever reason, it just does not supposed to happen that easy. So a lot of adversity and that's maybe just the year in general for a lot of folks. 2020 has <laughs> been kind of a shit show. Just chalk it up. Chalk yeah. It up yeah. We're ready, ready to turn it over a new leaf here. Yeah. But you think, you know, you, you do this as a career and you think you get better every year and you, you get a slice of humble pie like that and it just brings you back down to reality that you still have a lot to learn and it's it's never going to it's never going to go the way that you think it will or it should every time. So, yeah. Uh, but I have already rebooked with her for next year to Good. to rewrite the ending to this awesome chapter. So that it it's it's taken me a, a couple years to kill a deer on Jordans and I think like the more and more time you spend there the more and more you understand where those deer want to be. Um, and, and obviously like hunting at different times of the year too mm-hmm. is sometimes helpful, but I think going back that muzzleloader season has to be like one of the best opportunities to kill a serious hammer. And and that's just the way it goes, man. I I, I think that I, I was very shocked to hear that they were still running. Right. I mean, we're in like the, what is this? The, that would have been the third week in December. Yeah. That's crazy. That's like, like Texas running deer aren't even still running. Are they? Only in South Texas. They, they, they're really actually fired up right now. Uh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Where I'm from in North Texas, it's been over for the better part of a month, but I guess some of these does had hit that second estrus cycle that weren't bred the first time around. So these bucks had their noses to the ground and we're looking for love. Um, we're going to knock out a break. When we come back, I want to talk about the gear that kept me warm and some of the harshest conditions I've hunted in. You couple the, um, temperature in the teens with those whipping winds and you're going to get a little chilly unless you're layered up appropriately uh, plus the newest camo pattern from first light the specter want to get into that as well as it'll be available in 2021 uh, so we'll take that on after the break that segment brought to you by an essential piece of gear that i took on that trip it's the vortex fury hd range finding binocular combine a great optic with a laser rangefinder, you've got the best of both worlds. If you're like me, kind of a minimalist, you want to take the least amount of gear into the field as possible. That's why the Fury comes in handy. Combines your bino and your rangefinder. You can find the Fury at vortexoptics.com. Vortex, the force of optics. We'll be right back with more from First Light's Kevin Harlander on SCI's Lone Star Outdoors show. The last time that I tried this was the last time that I did. And just one single move. Can bring this whole thing to an end And losing sleep and being angry Ain't the puzzle piece to fit And all the things that you said to me We should have never tried again And I can't miss you like this And you're way too close to him I spent my days out on this highway Hanging from this limb 
Texas Premium Power Sports is one of the largest pre-owned dealers in Texas. They specialize in sales of pre-owned ATVs and UTVs, many of which come fully accessorized. They also have a full service and repair center for most major brands and offer financing with a 500 credit score or better. They'll even finance parts and accessories such as Hyrax, roofs, and wheel and tire combos. Visit TexasPremiumPowerSports.com or check them out on Instagram at Texas underscore premium underscore power sports. That's TexasPremiumPowerSports.com. Dallas Off-Road is North Texas' trusted 4x4 shop, specializing in lifts, wheels, tires, exterior upgrades, and gears and drivetrains. I recently took my factory Z71 Silverado into Dallas Off-Road, and they handed me back a lifted beast of a truck that will get me around the deer lease or just as easily tackle a perilous mountain road on my way to a backcountry elk hunt. Dallas Off-Road owner Jeff Swope is an avid hunter and gun enthusiast, so you'll have a lot to discuss when you swing by the shop or give them a call. Visit DallasOffRoad.com for all your truck or Jeep customization needs. In the market for a compact track loader, then check out the Bobcat Advantage, where Bobcat track loaders squared off against other brands in a variety of tests and challenges. Whether you're looking for performance advantages, uptime protection, or quality design, Bobcat compact track loaders are the best-built machines in the industry. But don't take our word for it. Watch the videos at BobcatAdvantage.com or see Bobcat machines in person at Bobcat of North Texas in Louisville, Fort Worth, Cedar Hill, Longview, McKinney, Paris, and Sherman. Visit BobcatOfDallas.com today guys cable here for coon stopper if you're tired of losing corn or protein to those pesky raccoons well here's your solution if you're running a traditional feeder that has you know those long legs that coons like to climb up rob you blind well you just attach the coon stopper to each leg it's so easy i just put one on a 300 pound all seasons feeder and <laughs> the results speak for themselves coons don't like it they basically attempt one time realize that it hurts and they're done Throw in the towel, just like that. It's the Coon Stopper, and you can find it at alamooutdoorworld.com. Hi, Brett Jepson here with Three Curl Lease Connection. I'd like to invite you to come enjoy some of Texas' best dove hunting just minutes outside of Dallas. We have many private dove leases available for this upcoming season, including milo, wheat, sunflower, and cornfields. Leases come in different sizes and prices, so we can fit anyone's budget. We have the lease that's perfect for you and your group. We don't overcrowd multiple groups into one property, and you'll have the first pick at renewing your lease for years to come. Please visit us at threecurl.com and click on leases for your property listings. That's T-H-R-E-E-C-U-R-L.com. Little standing live oak trees It always breaks my heart to see I think of everything I lost Leave flowers by that small white cross Then I take another drive On FM 1885 I'll see her on the other side of FM 1885. Oh, hope you guys didn't get a tear in your beer on that one. That is Wynn Williams, FM 1885. Cable Smith, welcoming everybody back to SCI's Lone Star Outdoor Show, powered by Lone Star Beer. Uh, thank you guys for being here today. This segment of the show brought to you by the latest from Lone Star Beer, the Das Beer, German Kolsch. If you haven't checked it out yet, you need to do that. I cooked up some uh, Axis Deer Bratwurst this past week, paired it with that German-style Kolsch. Home run. Check it out. Das Beer from Lone Star 
beer. And with that being said, um, our buddy Kevin Harlander from First Light was nice enough to stick around for another segment. Appreciate you doing that. Well, good, man. So let's talk about the gear that can keep one warm with temperatures in the low teens, wind whipping 20 to 30 miles per hour, and you're out on a hill exposed to the elements. Yeah, this is this what I'm curious about. Like yeah. what, what, uh, what sort of kept you uh you know at least somewhat comfortable right it's hard in those conditions just generally well so basically from my ankle to my neck i was never cold right nice but your extremities and that stuff just sometimes it's it's brutal so we layered up but you have to be careful because you know you're going to be doing a lot of walking around because you're you know you see a buck you've got to maybe have to move 500 yards to try to intercept him Right, moving through that hilly country, so it's not like you could put on the sanctuary and just be like, "Okay, let's go." I mean, just, yeah, exactly. It'd be sweat. way too, way too hot. Yeah, yeah. So I wore furnace long johns, uh, three hundred and fifty grams merino wool. Nice. Uh, catalyst pants, first light zero cold weather sock, uh, and then on top, I really layered up. Started with the uh, the kiln crew. Okay. Threw on a uh, furnace quarter zip. Catalyst jacket, solitude vest, and the uncompagre puffy, which kind of I took on and off just depending on if we were moving or being still. That's uh, awesome. But I looked over at Jonah, and he doesn't have all, he doesn't have all the gear that I have. Oh, yeah. And I was like, hey, how many layers do you have on? He's like, I have seven pants on and six tops on. <laughs> Jeez, that is unreal. Yeah. Just that's that's a, a lot of layers, man. Good for him. He's, he's learning about uh, – learning about layering that's good <laughs> yeah, yeah i can't say enough oh, nice man. things about him though and i think you guys are going to be um really happy with some of the the shots we got there including good. the new uh, w- one thing that we wanted to mention was specter and yeah i saw a picture of you hunting in a tree in 2019 and i don't remember yep. what pattern camo pattern it was yeah i believe it was fusion okay compared to this year same tree yeah that pattern I think is is really going to be great for for hardwood hunting. Whitetail. Hunting. It's pretty amazing, man. Like, I don't know what you know. I, I can't really say enough good things about it, other than the just like I spent probably the better part of forty five, fifty days on the tree in that thing this year. Um, and it just no matter the environment, whether it was in um, Southwest Texas, right on the border, which we were over down there two weeks ago to nebraska in october to minnesota in november to kansas in november to eastern oregon in september it just it just blends everywhere um and it's it's pretty remarkable to me that you can you can take a a set of ideas from you know a a lot of experience from the whitetail woods with greg farrell and then the rest of our team um and and really apply that to a, a pattern you know and have it work um, in a way that not a lot of people, I, I don't think expected. And then also, um, certainly didn't think we could execute and, and here we are, uh, you know, doing it. So I'm, I'm really excited about it. You know, I, we're really humbled by the response so far. Um, but I, I do think once people are able to get their hands on this, it's going to be a game changer from the tree Absolutely. and not to mention, you know, the, just the, the gear that'll be coming out with it. Uh, will allow you to kind of stay in the tree longer. You know, that's the whole emphasis of this is um, if you need to be in the tree when it's 13 degrees, we're going to be able to, to make a, a, a piece of gear that's going to help you with that. Well, and some days you, you need to sit all day. 
I mean, yeah. forget this. I'm coming out of the tree for lunch type deal. I mean, if you've got a big boy on camera and you're getting daylight pictures and it's the rut, I mean, my ass is in the tree all day long. And Yep, exactly. And, you know, physically, and we've talked about this, but physically, that's it's not a problem. It's mentally, it's like it can be oh, yeah. very monotonous to sit in the same tree all day long and you don't yep, see anything absolutely. for a couple hours. I think we get spoiled, but in a place where there's no cell service, that you can't be on your phone doing it, whatever it is you want to do. Uh, yeah, that's why I also really like Jordans too, man, is there's this, there's just this nice sort of disconnect, right? You feel mm-hmm. as though her great grandma is going to come, you know, driving a horse, you know, down the road or at some point. It just feels like a little more old timey. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that to me is, it, it's just a special thing. And, and I do think that that, oh, just depending or, or talking about the year we've had, um, it's, it's exceptional to be able to go to a place and just hang out and relax a little bit and, and really make it about the hunt rather than like checking uh, your social or, you know, I don't know. It's just, it's, it's a nice thing. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, there is no Wi-Fi, no cell at, at the camp. Um, right. You can, right. you can, and I did this to, uh, I told you my mom was sick, so I yep. check in on her and, yep. uh, I rented this little Nissan. I don't know what it what it was, but little four door compact. Yeah, sure, dude. I baja that thing all the way up to the top of that. Nice, hotel. good for yeah. you. I mean, hauling, going like fifty or you know, drive it like you stole it, right? So, yeah, oh yeah. Uh, it was fun, and uh, but yeah, that was the only place you could get a signal, which, like you said, was nice to to not be attached to that cell phone nonstop like we do in our daily lives just like I was saying and all this like things things we do, it takes me like two to three days just to like get into the rhythm of not having service mm-hmm. or not having access to email or whatever. Um, you kind of feel like a, like an addict a little bit, you know, oh, yeah. it's just like, For sure. Oh man, I got it. I got to get it. But I understand too. It's like, that's sort of the world we live in now, but it's just nice to be able to take a couple days, whether it's five or 10 or whatever, and just really step back from all that baloney for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, that's something I look forward to every year. Great place to hunt. Running Waters Ranch, man. Such such a good place. Yeah. I'm I'm certainly excited to go back. Heck and, yeah. Uh, and and the Bud family. I mean, home cooked meals in the evenings and the conversation. It uh it is like taking a, a step back in time. There's a picture on the wall there, and, and you have to drive over this old bridge. Cool little side note here. The county sold that bridge to her grandfather for a dollar. Did you know that? Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because they didn't want to maintain it anymore. And so right. they got it for a buck. Um, yeah. And there's a picture of that bridge. I think it had been redone since the time of this photograph. And there's people standing in the river. They're all on horseback. Yeah. And the guy on the far left looks like Buffalo Bill Cody. And yeah. they, I mean, they, they do, they believe that it's him. That's uh, crazy. So whether it is or not, that's part of the, uh, the lore and the legend of that place but you think about i mean that used to be buffalo country oh yeah and so it would make sense for the most notorious buffalo market hunter to to be there yeah so absolutely yeah it is it's just a special place and their family is just kind of one of the best left in the world and and they do it the right way and and certainly it's cool to see a working ranch that also produces um some highly high quality whitetails i think oftentimes you see either a place that's like just a whitetail place or just a ranch. So it's nice to see these like, so kind of the synchrony come together of, of 
having a working ranch that still runs cattle all year round and, and farms the ground and, and a place that also produces some of the, the best whitetails in, in Nebraska. You know, I think that, that in and of itself is, is a good example of conservation in action that doesn't have to be just a total shutdown, but rather um, sort of letting the land um, be utilized for more than one purpose. I think that's pretty cool. And, and, and also really forward thinking on their part, you know, um, it's just a, it's a, it's a wonderful place. Well, it was, it was a cool sweepstakes. Um, certainly appreciate you guys and, and go wild for, for sponsoring that. And of course, uh, yeah, now I'm, now I'm hooked. I'm going to be going back to hunt with her again, uh, next year. And who knows for maybe for years to come after that. There you go. That's awesome. I love it. We're going to knock out our last break here. When we come back, First Light recently got into something totally unrelated to apparel. But if you like to travel, like most hunters do, whether that's a weekend trip to the deer lease or a week-long trip into the backcountry, I think you're going to want to hear all about the new lineup, which we'll get into next. That segment brought to you by Big and J Whitetail Attractants. I've used the to die for a lot this season. And my only regret is that I didn't start using Big and J seasons ago. The to die for, it's so aromatic and I guess just delicious to deer that they can't withstand the allure. They're coming. You put it out, here they come. It's Big and J to die for. You can find it at bigandj.com. We'll be right back with more from First Light's Kevin Harlander on the Lone Star Outdoor Show. Holding back the flood Just don't do no good you can't unclench your teeth to howl the way you should. So you curl your lips around the taste of tears and a hollow sound that no one owns but you. No one owns but you. Hey guys, Cable here for Quiet Cat, the leader in e-bikes made specifically for overlanding, hunting, fishing, and remote access to the great outdoors. Quiet Cat provides outdoor enthusiasts a means of portable, low-impact transportation while providing you with the most reliable products on the market. I own a Quiet Cat, and it has surpassed all my expectations. It's an amazing machine that stealthily gets me wherever the hunting or fishing adventure takes me. Based out of Eagle, Colorado, Quiet Cat is able to put all of their products to the test, making sure your e-bike is built to last. Visit QuietCat.com or call 970-328-2399 for more info. Hey y'all, Chris Letzinger, online sales manager at Cinnamon Creek Ranch here, reminding you we're not your typical archery club. We're a one-of-a-kind archery facility with indoor and outdoor ranges, full pro shop, and six different 3D courses. Cinnamon Creek was designed by hunters for hunters. Located in Roanoke, Texas, we have over 200 3D targets to hone your archery skills. Call 817-439-8998 or visit us at cinnamoncreekranch.com to visit our new online store. That's cinnamoncreekranch.com. Let's stay out all night long till they find us in the morning. Tell them that we've done nothing wrong when they ask us where we've been. Making memories we won't regret. We'll never forget. Cable Smith, welcoming everybody back to SCI's Lone Star Outdoor Show. That is Honey Brown. Never forget you. Great tune there. Thank you so much for being here as we're going to wrap things up with First Light's Kevin Harlander here momentarily. Uh, get into the new Dirtbag Duffel that 
a new actually it's a new lineup really that First Light has, uh, along with some backcountry accessories. So uh, making your life easier from a travel and hunting kit component standpoint. Before we do that, though, this segment is brought to you by Rustic Reminders Taxidermy with locations in Marion and San Antonio. Josh and Becky Gunther have been taking care of all of my taxidermy needs for over a decade now. Uh, They do amazing work, and they offer quick turnaround time. Plus, imagine a taxidermist that doesn't dodge your phone calls. You can find them at gr8mounts.com. Well, picking it back up with Kevin Harlander, our old pal. Uh, Kevin, you sent me the Dirtbag Duffels recently, and I, I immediately was excited as someone who spends a good amount of time on the road or before COVID uh, in airports. These things are game changers. And the medium-sized one, actually, I took as my carry-on uh, to to Nebraska on this hunt we were just talking about. Uh, it's cool because you can carry it or use it as a, you know, truly like a backpack. It's got the shoulder straps there. And it's been doubling as a duck blind bag. I've been taking the kids a lot this season. They require a lot of snacks. And so I had to increase the size of my, my blind bag. It's been perfect for that. It's rugged, waterproof. Uh, absolutely love it, man. You guys hit a home run with this thing. Yeah, for sure, man. This is something that, you know, we're um, kind of full force going into sort of this travel um, category, right? So in addition to three dirtbag duffels, both in um, that travel line, we also have compression sacks um, and roll top sacks, as well as some accessory straps and, and, uh, and some other things in there as well. But, you know, first and foremost on the duffels, there's three, si- three sizes, basically a 40, a 70 and a hundred liter option. Mm-hmm. Um, so really you can take that from, like you said, like the medium size is a great carry on option um, to that small size fits perfect. Like in the, um, just in like the foot area of a truck right by the floorboard um, for any kind of thing you might need to use it for. So I've been using the the small one for a blind bag and the large one for um, sort of like long extended travel trips. And I can fit essentially uh, my whole whitetail kit, including my lacrosse boots in that large size in that hundred liter size. It's perfect, man. And they're not, they're, they're overbuilt to the sense where, um, you know, you're going to get a lot of use out of them. They're also extremely durable. Um, and obviously we know what happens in, in, uh, in traveling on airplanes and stuff. I don't think the bags get treated very nicely. So this is a good way to protect your stuff. Yeah. Um, they, they've got this really cool rugged ripstop, um, sort of, uh, construction. So that, you know, it pairs really nicely with basically all the nylon we use is ballistic grade nylon. So we're talking like you'll be able to throw this thing out the truck window going hundred miles an hour and it's going to, it's going to hold up. Um, and, and I think that's really what we, we wanted to, we wanted to offer is that, you know, most of the duffels out there don't offer a, a ton of organization. Um, there's usually just like, it's just a duffel, right? It's just one size that you throw all your crap in and go, this is kind of the modular. ones I have. Um, I've, when I was younger, my mom did a bunch of dental work in Brazil and you had to take nice. like all your, stuff and put it in one giant duffel bag yeah yeah dude those all have holes in them i mean oh, exactly. i've got a couple in the garage that uh the only thing they ever get used for anymore is i'll throw my backcountry pack in there and then check that just to kind of yeah protect perfect it. but they're pretty worthless there's no organization 
they're they're not. I mean, they they're showing their the wear and tear on them is. Uh, I don't imagine that's going to be a thing with these. No, no, certainly not. And you know, we tested these for the better part of two years. Certainly, putting them through the ringer, they've been everywhere from Kodiak Island to uh, South America. So they've certainly they've certainly seen the world a little bit, as they say. Um, one of the cool things too is we wanted to figure out a way, specifically on the whitetail side and even on the western side too. Um, it's got this sweet foot pad, so the so the actual lid of the of the duffel bag zips all the way down, so you can actually step on that and get change from it. So I know that's a big deal for a lot of guys that are, are heading to the, the whitetail lease or whatever after work, maybe, and you've got all your stuff either in a bin or a duffel. Um, now you can kind of put that all in one area and step on that lid. Uh, and you got a nice clean and, and dry place to, to throw your gear on and throw your boots on and go. Um, Actually, really, really pleased that. with these. Yeah. I used that in, uh, in Nebraska. It was snowing the first day. So ground nice. a little wet. You want to take your, your boots off once you get out of the truck and that was pretty convenient right yeah it's just like it's really good construction too you know i I really believe that these things will be the most durable thing um in the bag space right now um and you're going to see a lot of years of use out of this stuff especially when you look at um sort of the hardware that's that this thing's based on uh, with the zippers and the the clips and everything like that um certainly meant to be overbuilt because uh, most of our customers, man, are, are putting this stuff through the ringer. So really pleased with how these turned out. Um, yeah, and you can check those out right now. Unfortunately, they did so well that we sold out of our entire first allotment within days. Mm-hmm. Um, so check them out at firstlight.com. Those will become available in the new year at some point. Uh, we'll get another okay. shipment of those. Um, the compression sacks also mm-hmm. just, you know, so... Um important for for me when when it comes to organizing like my backcountry pack for elk hunting absolutely yeah and then just going on hopping on an airplane i put all my electronics in one and yeah. stuff that inside the uh the duffel so like my camera um you know you've got all of those battery packs and um portable you know cell phone charger all that stuff right uh, throw it all in there and keep keep it organized that way yeah. And so there's two different um, varieties of sort of organization that go within these, these duffels, right? You've got, first of all, they're all modular. So you can certainly use the zipper compartments on these duffels to kind of organize your stuff. But what's really nice is those roll top stuff sacks are, um, they're incredibly weatherproof and waterproof. So, you know, you could, you could sink that thing in, in a, in a river or whatever, and you're still going to have uh, dry stuff on the inside, not to mention it does add with that organization. So three sizes in the roll top stuff sacks, um, those cinch down just like a dry bag, really nice. Um, so those three sizes are, are on uh, firstside.com now. And then additionally on the compression sack, when you're trying to cinch down, whether it's, you know, extra clothes or a sleeping bag or whatever it may be, just really utilizing that space within your pack. Obviously like Western hunters know you, you get like every cubic inch counts. Absolutely. So just a nice way to organize your stuff and, and keep things orderly, which is uh, kind of the name of the game when you're, you're in and out of your, your, your pack every day. What do you do um, with your food, Kevin? Do you put your food in a stuff sack? I do. Yeah. So yeah, me too. I actually use one of those roll top stuff sacks mm-hmm. um, just because I think it's, there's less components. It's just one opening. So what I do is I partition my food off by day in Ziploc bags, and then that all goes in one roll top stuff sack. That way I know when I'm reaching into my pack, if I feel the, the roll top top um, stuff sack like handle, basically, I, I can just grab that and I know all my food's in there from snacks to dinner or whatever. 
um, just a great way to kind of keep your, your in order uh, in your pack. Well, and I'm also picturing like uh, boundary water canoe trips and just the waterproof nature of them. Those things are so vital. Uh, yeah, and it kind of eliminates the need for a completely waterproof dry bag um, in the sense of, you know, you can get away with a little bit more if everything that's important is in, uh, in something that's waterproof. So, yeah. like I said, three sizes there, and that, that's going to be really helpful uh, in organizing everything from, like you said, computer chargers all the way up to food. Yeah. Well, right on, man. Well, awesome stuff. Um, glad, yep. I'm, I'm glad you guys sold out of it so quickly. I'm yeah. Sad for our listeners that they can't get it until uh, after Christmas, but hey, uh, that's the uh, that's the break. So it'll be available. Yeah, and, and check it so. out on on firstside.com. And there's some really good videos too of the stuff in use. Um, so that'll be really helpful just to see like what do we actually use this stuff for? You know, from airplane travel all the way to the backcountry. So mm-hmm. should be cool and excited to bring these things um, to more folks in 2021. Absolutely. Kevin, thanks again, man. Always a pleasure. Well, good, man. Well, I appreciate the conversation as always. And thanks for doing it too. And uh, we sure appreciate it. Absolutely. Well, hey, good luck with that new puppy. And I look yeah, forward thank to, you. I'm, I'm sure uh, she'll be littering your your Instagram feed with photos here oh, yeah. before too long. <laughs> That's right. Absolutely. <laughs> All right, brother. Take care. Thank you. All right. There he goes. First Light Community Manager, Kevin Harlander. And, you know, you have these relationships with people in this industry and sometimes you've met them. Sometimes it's just been over the phone or through email. Uh, Kevin and I have actually gotten to spend some time together uh, in the woods, uh, hunted Nilgai together in South Texas last year and have have gotten to hang out on in multiple other settings uh, as well. So always enjoy visiting with him and appreciate uh, his friendship as well. That segment of the show was brought to you by All Seasons Feeders and Blinds. You can find their entire lineup of blinds, feeders, and uh, e- even they've got like fish feeders. If you've got a a uh, stock tank, well, you put their damn fish feeder on your damn dam and feed your damn fish. <laughs> you can find it and their entire lineup at allseasonsfeeders.com. Um, unfortunately, just looking at the clock, we got to go. Got to get out of here flat out of time. Thanks to Kevin uh, for his contribution to today's broadcast. We'll do it again next week. Same time, same place. Thanks to all of our sponsors for making this show possible. Thanks to you, the listener, for being a part of SCI's Lone Star Outdoors show. Until next time, I'm Cable Smith wishing you and yours a happy new year and a great week in the outdoors. This is what he said. I was born in the rain on a bunch of train underneath the Louisiana moon. I don't mind the strain of a hurricane that come around every June. The high black water, a devil's daughter, she's hot, she's cold, and she's mean.